0: This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them, because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's it going? Um. Well, I have reached an entirely new level of not only exhaustion, but apathy towards my life and the things happening in it and i'm a little concerned about
1: myself Bragger, <laughs> to
0: be perfectly honest how about you well i have hit peak petty and peak extra
1: this week so so
0: excited tell me uh, a petty story okay
1: so uh, two petty stories that happened kind of back to back last night we were at sarah's work christmas party and um one of our former co-workers is not my super closest friend if i can put it as politely as possible
0: um and I'm trying I'm just biting my tongue right now
1: (laughs) so Sarah when she opened her present it was a 3D holographic print of the Millennium Falcon like there's never been a more perfect present for her Mm -hmm. and he leaned over and snatched it like because when it was his turn like he didn't even like consider other gifts he just snatched it and then I was just pissed because nobody does that um so, then anyway, it passes around and I wind up getting um Harry Potter stemless wine glasses, and then he steals those from me because somebody stole the Millennium Falcon from him. By the mm-hmm. by, the time it got to me, Millennium Falcon was dead, so it didn't matter. So I was just going to get yeah. the wine glasses. So he stole mm-hmm. those from me, which made them then dead. Um. No, they weren't dead because they got stolen from him. Wound up, I had the choice between stealing something I actually wanted or stealing the cold brew coffee maker that he had. And just because he pissed me off so badly, I took that cold brew coffee maker. Good for you. <laughs> also, cold brew is amazing. So You know, I don't drink a whole lot of coffee.
0: I know. Um, I
1: know. And then today, I was playing PlayStation, which I don't play my PlayStation a whole lot anymore. I tend to stick to my Switch. And mm-hmm. um, I was playing overwatch and um my team lost because just we were not doing very well so one of the kids that i was playing with sent me a message and told me how badly i sucked and um oh i deleted the messages after reporting <laughs> them but um they were like you need to learn how to play this goddamn game and i went oh no i've pissed off the children whatever will i do <laughs> And then um, he was like, learn how to play the fucking game. That's what you'll do. And I was like, I'm going to lose so much sleep over the 12-year-olds. Do their mothers know what they're saying? Are they going to pass their spelling test? Whatever will I do? And then he said, I'll kill your mother. So (laughs) that's when I just screenshot it and reported it to PlayStation. I was like, well, I'm done with that. But (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, as far as peak extra, I got tired of editing out me clicking the mouse in our episodes. So I bought this giant trackpad for I for my iMac. It's literally like a giant pad that's on your, you know, like on a computer because I don't want to hear the clicks anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, what I'm telling you is I have peaked and I'm living my best life.
0: You really are we're like polar opposites of the spectrum right now. See? Horrible things keep happening to me and I'm just like, oh, huh? that's weird. And I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like horrible things happen. And I'm just like, oh, like that hurts. And then I just like, I, I have no other reaction anymore. It's a little bit concerning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. Talkspace, if you'd like to sponsor us.
0: <laughs> I actually use, well, I actually use a, a service, but I won't say who because they don't sponsor us. But if they start giving us money, then we will. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I actually um, took that first jump and I contacted a counselor and was going to get into therapy. And they never <laughs> called me back. There is, <laughs> there is no counseling deep enough whenever you have a fear of rejection when a counseling agency rejects you. <laughs>
0: So true story, when I was going through like some really heavy shit in my life, my therapist was like, I think you need like a more therapisty therapist. Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: you broke your therapist, congratulations. No, no, that's what I was
0: like, I gotta get my shit together. <laughs> oh. I just clean my glasses and they're more dirty than I family. hate
1: that. <laughs>
0: oh gosh.
1: I did yesterday have a spa day for my viola.
0: Wow, and... yes, like, you've been a <laughs> <laughs> So
1: I know that that's such a ridiculous thing, but I love mm-hmm. to take time to like, it's kind of like self care, but it's my viola. Uh, and because I've had this like heavy weight of hatred toward music for a long time, um, that I have not enjoyed my viola like I still play guitar and ukulele but mostly I enjoy singing in the hallway and like making kids miserable because that's why I was put on this earth to uh, be obnoxious um I'm real good at it
0: until one kills your mother
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyway but um taking that one to the bank right so uh yesterday I sat down and I like cleaned it off and gave it new strings and just like Gave it an overhaul, and then last night after the party was over, um, the woman who hosted the party, her son takes piano lessons. And so he put on a performance for me, and I gave him like a little mini lesson. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I didn't hate that for the first time in probably two years.
0: That's amazing. So
1: what I'm telling you is this was a weekend of growth for me.
0: That's good. You know what did make me a little bit happy this weekend? No, what? This
1: movie. I am so glad, because... I sent you the screenshot of that one headline, and I was like, this is going to yes. be a good weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, so this is definitely in my top five.
1: Who did um, it knock out?
0: I don't know. I'm still I'm still building my top five, but this one, like, you're either in or you're out. Right, okay. It's like Project Runway here, so you're either <laughs> in or you're out. And this one's in.
1: Um, did I ever
0: tell you... Maybe my... keep a running list of our top five.
1: <laughs> did I or ever me. tell you my theory about having a second favorite song? No. I don't have a second favorite song. I have a first okay. and a third. Okay. So my first favorite song is Don't Dream It's Over. Mm-hmm. My third favorite song is "Man Eater," But I reserve second place for if I hear a song that is better than Maneater, because I don't think anything will ever be better than Don't Dream It's Over. Uh-huh. And since I was about 16, I've never had a second favorite song.
0: How so. funny. <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, Spotify released like, their list of like, here's what you listen to all year long. I felt called I out because like, I are... saw a
1: lot of depression music.
0: What a weird like, flex I have with, the, with music. <laughs> like, it runs the whole, like, it's weird. Like, we go from country to ABBA, to uh freaking pink floyd casey and sunshine like it's crazy and then you know here thrown in here are like all the people that used to be in that band Uh, i'm going to um whatever that boy band is called
1: i'm going to apologize real quick to Mm -hmm. listeners because you just got like really animatronic sounding and i'm not going to be able to fix that so okay um well, sounds like one day I will get a house n- closer to the city limits that gets like actual high-speed internet. Hey. Cause right now I get like dial up, but like, like better dial up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
1: need like a hotspot. Well, because I live out in the middle of nowhere, even hotspots don't work. Like and
0: that is just ridiculous. Yeah.
1: So like right now sitting here, I have, um, 3G, one bar.
0: Wow. Yeah, I don't even have LTE in my house. Wow. So, you want to talk about this?
1: I would love to.
0: Excellent. But first, I guess we should say, welcome to Lifetime Sentence. I'm
1: lost in the middle of
0: nowhere. And I'm Aaron, Apathetic. (laughs) Tradition. (laughs) This week... I want Well, I'm not really sure what I watch, because Lifetime Movie Network calls it Midwest Obsession. IMDb calls it Beauty's Revenge.
1: I saw that. I got real confused. <laughs> I was like, did, did two people make movies about this? But no, that was the same movie?
0: The same movie. Okay. It stars Courtney Thorne Smith. She plays Cheryl Ann Davis. Um, you may know her from Melrose Place or that old sitcom According to Jim with the jim belushi oh yeah okay Mm -hmm. um and she is in the emma fielding mysteries on the hallmark mysteries and i like those okay murders channel
1: is she in the (laughs) fielding?
0: yeah okay yeah
1: i do know who she is
0: um kyle secor he plays kevin reese um he was in sleeping with the enemy he was in veronica mars
1: i love veronica mars who was he in veronica mars
0: city slickers he was in city slickers yeah, he What's, played Jeff. I don't, and I couldn't figure out from the picture who he was. So, who was he in Veronica oh. Mars? Do you remember? I'm looking it up right okay. now. Okay. So, Side note: What did you say the lead girl's name was? Courtney Thorn Smith.
1: No, the the character. Sorry.
0: Oh, the character, Cheryl uh, Ann Davis.
1: Okay, so this is one of those loosely based on the cases. I can already tell because they mm-hmm. changed the names.
0: Um, he played Jake Kane. Oh, okay. Smith. And finally, we have Tracy Gold, and who cares who she plays, because I just call her Tracy the whole time. Good, as you should. Um, She was in Growing Pains, and she was like a lifetime darling back in the 90s. She's, in She's No Angel, Stolen Innocence, and The Girl Next Door, which is actually on our list to watch at some point. Yeah. And this movie opens with this screen that says, quote, while this production is expired, is expired. Oh my God. It's
1: already dead, y'all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> While this production is inspired by a true story, some plot elements have been fictionalized. Names and locations have been changed and certain events and characters have been altered for dramatic purposes. And we open with a car driving down a highway surrounded by cows. Is and I it just started- in my dream? It, I, I just started laughing because I remember when you would text me the other day, and we we're like, what are we watching this week? And I said, Midwest Obsession. And you said, oh, yeah, corn. corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it's nighttime, and the car is driving through a town. It parks outside of an inn, and the camera zooms in on the bumper sticker that says, quote, Pat's Rent-A-Car. So I assumed at that time that it would come back and boy, does it ever. (laughs) I'm so glad
1: Hallmark. I mean, Lifetime with a
0: callback. Man. Tracy Gold thanks the front desk girl for covering for her. And she's like, oh, it's fine. Um, Tracy's done it for her before. And besides, quote, it's all for love, right?
1: I don't like where this is going already.
0: Yeah, Tracy leaves, but she's being watched by an eyeball in the dark. That's all you can see is an eyeball.
1: Just one? (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Is it a pirate? Does he have an eye patch? No. She does not. (laughs) Oh, that's even worse. I was hoping it was a stalker pirate.
0: When Tracy walks by, um, the eyeball opens its car door (laughs) and walks out into the dark um i now just there-
1: see a walking eyeball i refuse to believe there's anything else
0: <laughs> um uh, da, 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 da. the woman gets so tracy gets into her own car and the passenger drawer opens the woman gets in tracy's car and is suddenly just strangling her like we <laughs> like, go from zero to a hundred
1: <laughs> you've never just sat down in somebody's car and just strangled the fuck out of them
0: No, they don't even struggle. Like, she just... Like, you just see something go around her neck and, like... I was like, whoa. Um, Like, I don't know, yeah, how that happened. It's just the magic of editing, I guess. So we cut back to the front desk. Is that your edit of
1: the week or was there something better?
0: No, there's something else.
1: Oh, man.
0: We cut back to the front desk a couple hours later and someone calls looking for Tracy. And the girl... There says, oh, she left a long time ago, but I'll let you know if she turns up. then she goes outside. She sees Tracy's car in the parking lot, finds her body, and starts screaming, someone call the police! Someone call an ambulance!
1: Police? Huh? Did you say police? Like... Police. Yes!
0: Police. And the police go to some guy's name... Kevin's house and tell him that there's been trouble and he needs to answer some questions and we flash back to two months earlier a different guy is having a picnic by a river with Courtney Thorne Smith <clears throat> he tells her that she's the most beautiful girl in the whole state but she's wearing one of those denim hats with the brim held up with a flower like Blossom that's what I was about and to like, say don't believe him
1: <laughs> listen don't you judge Blossom
0: yeah <laughs> She says she didn't used to be pretty. She was always more into sports, which I don't know how that affects how pretty you are.
1: (laughs) Well, that girl is just ugly as fuck. She told me about football yesterday. Like, what's (laughs) happening?
0: He asks what changed. And she says, quote, I want to stress, this is a quote. When a dream comes true, I get new dreams. That's the kind of girl I am. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just
1: casual conversation. So, Erin, how are you today? Well, when a dream comes true, I make new dreams. Sure. <laughs> oh my God. That's going to be and my I... new inspirational quote. Like, do you remember MySpace, how you could set, like, a, a yeah. quote? That's my MySpace quote. <laughs>
0: Um, they kiss and the camera like zooms out a little and she's wearing cow earrings.
1: So the prettiest girl in the world. Listen up, listeners, if you're wondering how to achieve prettiest girl in the world status, you too could have it for just the price of a (laughs) denim hat with a daisy on it and cow earrings (laughs) and a dream.
0: Yeah, a new dream. <laughs> you have to have a new dream. <laughs> the guy gets a little too handsy, so Cheryl, that's her name in the movie, pushes him off of her. He continues to be aggressive and says that she can't leave without him because he has the car keys. So she kicks him in the nuts and then throws his keys in the river and says she'll walk home. I,
1: that what is what makes her the prettiest girl in the world, being a badass.
0: Yeah, I'm super proud, but also I'm pretty sure I just saw her kill someone, so I'm not too proud. (laughs) But she was
1: disguised as an eyeball, you don't know.
0: Yeah. The guy chases down Cheryl and grabs her on the side of the road. She's struggling to get away from him when Kevin drives by, pulls over, and pulls him off her. Then he drives her home. What a meat cute that is. So he's driving her home and he says, She looks real familiar. And she says, he's probably seen her in the paper. Because she's the, wait for it, Dairy Princess. (laughs) She's the Dairy Princess.
1: I mean, she's just waiting to be the Dairy Queen. Dip that blizzard, (laughs) hold it upside down.
0: Did you see the meme where it was somebody saying, "Uh, I was at like, McDonald's or whatever, and she turned my cup upside down oh, yeah. and
1: still everywhere. <laughs> she goes. Oh fuck, sorry, I used to work <laughs> at Dairy Queen.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Oh God. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those nights. Okay. Um so yeah, she's the dairy princess. He asks her then if she's the one who won that gymnastics medal a while back. And she says, yes. And again, he comments about how she used to be such a tomboy. And I'm like, Th- those things have nothing to do with each other. right? Um, Cheryl Preen says, well, I guess I grew up. And then they start talking about cows. So I like completely zoned out. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin owns a dairy farm that's been repossessed by a bank and he's slowly buying it back. They get to Cheryl's house, and she imagines them making out, but Kevin doesn't kiss her. He asks her why she's so spaced out. He's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She asks him out for dinner, and he says no. He doesn't think his girlfriend would approve, but thanks her anyway. Cheryl goes up her steps, and her dad asks who that was dropping her off, and she says, quote, That daddy is the man I'm going to marry. I don't think you get to unilaterally decide that uh,
1: well
0: unfortunately <clears throat> she believes that she does Tracy Gold is in a bar playing pool with a friend complaining about Kevin being late Cheryl is in the same bar telling her friend how romantic meeting Kevin was and how they just clicked like immediately
1: Ooh.
0: Um. and who walks in at just that moment kevin he walks up to tracy and they make a grand display of how in love and happy they are and it's very obnoxious um cheryl saunters up and asks if she can play with them and kevin says yes he introduces her to tracy and cheryl says they've met before tracy doesn't remember but cheryl says it was a while ago so maybe it was when she was a quote tomboy
1: (laughs) (laughs) or a gymnast
0: yeah, their other friend offers to buy Cheryl a beer, but she says no. And their other friend's name is Larry. Um, Kevin wins this game with Tracy, and they make another obnoxious display of affection. While they're kissing, Cheryl grabs the cue out of Tracy's hand and says, I'm next!
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Sometimes you just have to be assertive, Aaron.
0: And did I mention she's wearing a cow print corset top? Because she is.
1: No, but that... <sighs> That screams true love to me. They
0: match her earrings.
1: You know, you gotta appreciate somebody who is on brand.
0: (laughs) Cheryl wins their game and Kevin shakes her hand. Later, she and Tracy have a classic bathroom girl face-off. Cheryl reminds her that they went to school together and she was a cheerleader. Tracy responds, Oh yeah, wasn't that the year I was class president? And then she's like, You're still shaking your pom-poms, I see. Now, is this (laughs) where they sing Brandy's That Boy Is Mine? Because
1: I've been waiting (laughs) for it.
0: Cheryl asks how long she and Kevin have been together. And when Tracy says two years, Cheryl shakes her head and says, oh, still not engaged, I see. (laughs) They passively, passive-aggressively bicker some more. And then Cheryl has a fantasy of drowning Tracy in the sink, you know casual um we've all been there later kevin and tracy dance drunkenly in a field and tracy asks where he met cheryl he tells her the story and they talk about the future a little little and then he picks her up and swings her around while she giggles because they're so happy um when cheryl leaves the bar in her pink car that has her name on the side and dairy princess painted on it
1: um if you look up ostentatious in the dictionary, I think her picture's all you find.
0: Oh, it gets worse. Um, So she leaves the bar, and she just casually, like, pushes someone else's car into a ditch. <laughs> 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 like, they don't ever say why. Like, it, I think it might have been the car of the guy that she'd been with earlier in the day. But I'm not 100% sure. She just, like, takes off the emergency brake and pushes it into a ditch. Like, it's the weirdest shit I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Have you ever seen um, My Super Ex-Girlfriend with Luke Wilson and Uma Thurman? That's what I imagined she did. Like, straight up Uma thurman did. Like
0: <laughs> Kevin and his friend Larry talked the next day about how Larry likes Cheryl and who happens to pull up at this time? Cheryl! And we have to talk about this car.
1: No. Okay, tell me. I'm ready.
0: Okay. It's pink, like I mentioned. It's like cotton candy pink. Um, the interior is cow print. Her name and Dairy Princess are painted on the side. And I have a photo to show you.
1: No way. I'm
0: so excited. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I know I can't. Ah! <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) I couldn't even imagine it was that bad. It was really bad. (laughs) Cheryl, unfortunately, is not there to see Larry. She's there to hit on Kevin and give him a scarf that she knit for him for saving her on the side of the road. Kevin reminds her again that he has a girlfriend and she says that's totally fine. She was actually just hoping they could all double date for lunch that day. Um, So I guess now she is into the friend. I don't know. Right, right, well... So she's cutting the ribbon at this new burger restaurant in town. She's like, I was hoping we could all double. It's my treat. And I'm like, well, really, they're probably feeding you for free, so it's not your treat. Like, <laughs> that's not what that means. That's
1: the perk of being the Miss Dairy. What is it? Dairy Princess.
0: Dairy Princess. <laughs> this is the funniest story ever. Um... So they go to this opening, and Cheryl wears a formal gown and a tiara, which I would make fun of, but if I could do the same every single day, I would. <laughs> she tells Tracy that she's not really after Kevin, just before grabbing him and making him pose for a photo with her. Tracy bitches about her to Kevin later, and saying, quote, so shoot me, I don't like the dairy princess. All of that cream has gone to her head. <laughs> The t- there are some quotable quotes in this film.
1: The team of dads who wrote the last movie are back, apparently. Yeah, they
0: are. <laughs> um, Kevin teases her for being jealous, and then they get into a fight about the future because Tracy has plans and dreams. She wants to travel and whatever. And Kevin just wants to, like, settle down and run a farm and have 2.5 kids.
1: Which half of the kid are you having?
0: I don't know. <laughs> they didn't have that part of the discussion. <laughs> Um, so Tracy like books it out of there when Kevin gets home that night he finds a romantic dinner all laid out. He calls down the hallway for Tracy, but the sinister music tells me it's not her, and who comes bustling out of the into the kitchen to like take the casserole out of the oven? Cheryl <laughs> she just she like pulls it out like she didn't just walk into this guy's house and cook him <laughs> dinner.
1: <laughs> fucking Cheryl
0: fucking Cheryl. <laughs> Um, she tells him he should really lock his doors because it's dangerous and just any old buddy can come in there. (laughs) Look, I proved it. (laughs) Um, he says he's not really in the mood for company and she says, oh, it's fine. I won't stay. I made you a couple casseroles for the rest of the week and I put them in the fridge and then she leaves. Just casual.
1: (laughs) Um, what's this guy's name? Kevin? Kevin. Kevin, throw them away. They are laced with love potion number nine or arsenic. You never can tell.
0: Some guys just can't hold their arsenic. (laughs) Yes. On Sunday, Kevin's at church. Tracy comes in, but she doesn't sit next to him because they're still fighting. And who saunters in after her? Cheryl. She feigns surprise that this is where Kevin goes to church and asks if she can sit next to him. Oh, Warren, you
1: go here? (laughs) I totally forgot you go here.
0: You got into this church, but <laughs> like it's hard. <laughs> uh, he obliges, and Tracy just glares daggers while the the minister walks in with the choir. <laughs> Kevin seeks out Larry for some advice on what to do about Cheryl, and Larry is like, "Dude, you date her. She's hot. She can cook. She wants the same things that you do." But Kevin says, "No, he's in love with Tracy, and that's all. That's never gonna change." Um, so then we cut to Cheryl pulling into Kevin's garage that he works at too, saying that her engine isn't working right. He asks her to leave it, so she walks away while Kevin checks her out.
1: I don't really like where this is going now.
0: Ooh, Tracy's at home getting ready for work and complaining about Kevin to her mom. Um, Kevin takes Cheryl's car back to her and she introduces her, him to her dad. Kevin tells her dad that the carburetor is out of adjustment, and he really doesn't know how it got to be that way. And Dad just gives Cheryl a look and asks how long they've been dating. They both say no, they're just friends. And then Cheryl tells Kevin she wants to show him her room. Okay. So they go up to her bedroom, and it's all decorated with cows.
1: I knew that. I knew that was coming. I wasn't like going to be disappointed if it was anything but cows.
0: It even has a poster that says, quote, everything I need to know in life I learned from a cow.
1: I mean, they're not wrong, though. Let's be for real. <laughs> um, I just kind of imagined that it was covered in, like, gut milk posters.
0: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so Cheryl has another fantasy in which they make out. And in our edit of the week, he leans over to bed to kiss her and all of their clothes just disappear.
1: <laughs> That's the power of a cow.
0: Uh, except her bra and panties and his boxers. Like, they, like all the clothes just, like, disappear. <laughs> I can't explain how weird it was. Yeah. Um, have, have you never
1: prayed to the magic cow that everyone's clothes would disappear? No. You have not lived.
0: <laughs> oh. They roll around on her cow-stuffed animals, but then she snaps back into it and takes him to show him her herd of cows. And then drives him home.
1: I mean, okay, so if I'm being honest, this is all the makings of a real relationship with me. If you show me your herd of cows, like, ladies, I'm telling you how to get to my heart right now. (laughs) Sarah's got to buy some cows.
0: (laughs) Okay. So she takes him home and she asks if she can use the restroom before she leaves. And he's like, sure, whatever. So she goes in the bathroom, and while she's in there, she strips down to the lingerie, like, pajama set that somehow she had on, like, under her jeans and button-up shirt.
1: (laughs) You don't just wear a teddy, like, underneath your clothes every day?
0: No. No. I barely want to be wearing clothes at all. I don't have time to put on extra (laughs) (laughs) Um. layers. So she walks out of the... Bathroom, and Kevin is shocked. His mouth like hits the floor, and just who happens to pull into the driveway in that moment?
1: Ed McMahon with a giant check.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> um, it's Tracy. She takes one look at what's going on and books it out of there again. Kevin begs her to stay, but she's like, "It's over." So he runs back inside and kicks Cheryl out. He yells at her to stay away from him, and then later he goes to the bar where she's like incredibly drunk. He tries to step in and drive her home, but they get in a fight instead. He stops her from drunk driving, and she runs into the woods. And for some reason, he chases her.
1: No, at that point, it's God's plan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She climbs up the water tower, and says she's going to jump, because she's so in love with him. And then she she really does slip, because she's shwaisted. And he rescues her, and then he kisses her. Well, that's what you do after you save someone from near death. And I would just like I would say he was just drunk, but he never touched the beer that he ordered when he walked into the bar. So he he it's, was so It's contact drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So Kevin and Cheryl start dating. Hooray. Whatever. She fights with her dad over whether he loves her or not, since he's still so bad, so mad, oh, so sad about her mom dying when she was twelve. I was like, "You can could- like you don't love me because you're still too sad that my mom's dead."
1: You know, that's that's actually how love works. Yeah, when someone dies, you have to find someone to hate instead.
0: <laughs> her dad asks if she's sleeping with Kevin, and she says she would if he asked her to. And what he yelled that of- he not and so the dad yells, I won't have that kind of talk in my house. And I was like, dude, you probably <laughs> I was like, what kind of father-daughter
1: conversation is this? I would it's never hilarious. take part of this.
0: <laughs> and she says, fine. And she moves into a trailer. That overlooks Kevin's property, of course.
1: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> so Kevin and Larry do cow things and talk about Cheryl and Tracy Um, Larry goes back to Tracy and tells her everything Kevin said. (laughs) Um, Tracy says it doesn't matter that Cheryl has him now. And we cut to Cheryl, who's looking at bridal magazines. And I was like, girl, no. (laughs) She has a quick fantasy of herself marrying Kevin. And then she goes and stands outside the bridal store all moon eyed over the mannequins. At this moment, Kevin drives by and sees her. And realizes he's got to get the fuck out of crazy town. <laughs> right? Um, so he calls Tracy and asks him asks her to meet him. And then he begs for her to take him back. He says he'll take her on trips sometimes if she wants and they can work on maybe opening a travel agency and they kiss and make up and then Kevin goes to the hair salon and breaks up with Cheryl. Oh, that's a good place to do because she can go ahead and dye her hair right there. Yeah, that's perfect. Right? <laughs> um, instead, she makes a big old scene. Um, no,
1: she would never.
0: Sad music plays. She drives home and cries in her cow car. She finds a note on her trailer. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is a sentence that should have never been uttered. Get it uttered. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love this movie. she finds a note on her trailer that says quote i'm sorry meet me at the costa motel at 10 and she screams into a field he does love me oh my god she gets all dressed up and goes to the motel but it's not kevin there it's his friend larry she totally freaks out and he says that he really likes her and just wants to like get to know her and he felt bad because he knew Kevin broke up with her. So he like, he brought her like chocolates and um like flowers. And so, yeah, <laughs> it goes really badly. And she throws the vase at the wall and says that they're all trying to trick her so that they can laugh at her. And she says they're all going to pay for doing this to her. And we he cut to Larry plowing the field and um cheryl's watching him from her totally not noticeable bright pink cow car um in case we don't know who it is the camera zooms in on her cow earring just so we're 100 percent sure <laughs> who that is
1: <laughs> wasn't some copycat in a cow car
0: no kevin comes outside a little later and sees that the tractor is still going around the field but nobody's sitting on it
1: oh, autopilot that is a fancy so, tractor
0: He finds Larry in the field and he's dead. No, I was not prepared for that. Kevin and Tracy go to his funeral and then I'm sure this is sometime later, but they just immediately cut to them at like a dance.
1: That's how you, that's what you do immediately after a funeral.
0: Cheryl is there too um, with another guy. She tells Kevin that she's totally fine with everything. She says she's sorry about Larry Um, Kevin just looks super uncomfortable even worse when she just randomly starts hugging him while he holds like two cups of punch like as far away from her as he can (laughs) like looks at Tracy desperately like save me (laughs) so he and Tracy leave later and she asks if he's really over Cheryl and he says yes of course and Cheryl comes out of the building just in time to see Kevin propose to Tracy
1: oh no oh no
0: So she goes home, pulls out the wedding dress she purchased, and holds it up to herself in the mirror.
1: No! Don't count your chickens before they hatch and put the cart before the horse and all those other things my grandma used to say to me don't jump ahead of your life.
0: I mean, it's like really bad luck to do that. (laughs) Then she starts screaming about being stupid and then she starts following Tracy in again her bright pink car. Sometimes you have to be conspicuous to be
1: inconspicuous.
0: Sure, sure. Tracy goes to see Kevin at the farm, but he's not there. She sees Cheryl pull into the, like, farm and start, like, poking around looking for her. So she hides, but she knocks something over and they have a confrontation. I
1: imagine Hallmark, like, sleuth music is playing, like, boo doo 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 doo
0: and by hallmark do you mean
1: lifetime well no you know like in any like cheesy hallmark movie when they're like looking around corners there's that's like
0: oh no she's just, no this is lifetime network so she's a little bit like unhinged. Unhinged until the crazy music plays yeah.
1: oh, okay now i wanted like comic
0: no so cheryl says tracy's just determined to ruin her life and Tracy acts all innocent, but she's really just been plotting and scheming against Cheryl. She goes, Cheryl goes all crazy screaming that she wants Kevin. She worked hard to get him, so she should get to keep him, because that's how that works.
1: I mean, that checks out.
0: I was like, that's not how that works at all. Um, She takes a pitchfork off the wall, but Tracy runs away. <laughs>
1: um, this, like, has really escalated from where I thought it was going to go.
0: Yeah. Cheryl goes out, or no, sorry. Tracy and Kevin go out later, And he officially gives her his grandmother's engagement ring. Cheryl comes into the hotel where Tracy works and apologizes to her. She says she won't ever do something like that again. She's just been having a really hard time and she's going to go back to college now. Kevin and Tracy are getting hot and heavy in this truck. And they have a conversation about whose idea it was anyway. They wait until they got married. (laughs) And then they decided they're just going to finally do it, but not in the truck because it's not romantic. They're going to, he's going to get a bottle of wine and make it super romantic. And we, it's going to be Thursday night and we cut to Thursday night and we just get the opening scene again. But this time. Oh, what an awful time to die. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but I kind of do. I know. Oh, so bad. Um, But this time, Cheryl asks tracy if they can talk just for like five minutes and tracy lets her in the car cheryl like at first is okay and then she finally like turns to tracy and's like you're sick for stealing kevin and also i'm pregnant
1: sure jan if he's gonna (laughs) wait with tracy like
0: yeah so tracy calls her a liar and says kevin doesn't love her he never did and he never will Cheryl gets out of the car, but then she just gets back in the backseat and strangles Tracy with a belt.
1: Well, I mean, that seems like the next step in this conversation.
0: She steals the money from her wallet and her engagement ring and takes off. We cut to the police telling Kevin and him sobbing on the front porch. The sheriff seems real suspicious of Kevin. He's like, "Uh, where were you all night? Can anybody confirm that? No? Okay, cool. Thanks. Um... But Kevin goes to Tracy's parents' house, and they both, like, hug him and cry. Um, Back at college, Cheryl gets a call from her dad that Tracy's dead, so she calls Kevin to extend her sympathies.
1: I'm sure she does.
0: Yeah. He says he doesn't really want to talk right now. So, of course, she can't just leave it alone, so she goes back to town to insert herself right into the middle of the investigation. Of course she does. She goes to talk to Tracy's friend where she, uh, she worked, who can see like straight through her she's like oh you do, you just know how tracy and i were so close and this bitch is like what <laughs> um cheryl tells her that she's helping the police solve the murder because i guess that's like part of her job as official dairy princess <laughs> right you didn't
1: you've never been a beauty queen have you what's
0: I'm the beauty queen. Well, obviously,
1: <laughs> but you know, like where I grew up, you're Miss Olfield, and part of being Miss Olfield, yes, you have to say it like that because we don't know how to say oil where I'm from. Part of being Miss Olfield is you are actually the sitting um, sheriff. <laughs> Cheryl,
0: uh, yeah. So, so Tracy's friend is like, well, hopefully, the police can find something from these phone records. Um, that will help and cheryl imagines herself stabbing the girl with a pair of scissors and then she's like well i can take these to the sheriff's office for you but she's like nah fam i'm good
1: (laughs) that's so sweet of you but i just remembered i have a thing and i have to take these papers with me because it's i just can't they bye
0: (laughs) so cheryl goes to Tracy's funeral she goes and stands directly next to Kevin grabs his arm and puts her head on his shoulder and the sheriff is at the funeral he's like I knew it I knew it was Kevin <laughs> <laughs> Um. afterward they go talk and Cheryl makes it all about her Like, <laughs> she's like I'm so scared that if someone like Tracy can be murdered maybe I can be too
1: I mean if we're being honest you can be
0: <laughs> Hmm. Kevin says that they will, like, he, I don't know. He gets a weird vibe, right? So he says, like, we're never going to be together. Please stay away from me. Like, leave me alone. So she goes back to her trailer and pulls out the murder weapon, the belt. And wouldn't you know it, it has Kevin's initials on it because she stole it from his house.
1: Okay. God. This is like some soap opera bullshit.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we cut to the police pulling the belt out of a dumpster. Um, The sheriff goes to talk to him and tells him not to leave town. They approach Tracy's parents with the theory that Kevin killed her. And they're like, yeah, Kevin did not kill her. (laughs) Like We we know. Um, They finally go to talk to Cheryl, who says that things with her and Kevin just didn't work out because he was so in love with Tracy. And she just had to accept it and move on.
1: Yeah, just real casual.
0: The sheriff really does ask her to help him get to the bottom of things. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is happening? (laughs) I
1: don't know if it's better or worse that the cops in this movie are not actually any better than the cops in the real case. Oh,
0: God. As he's walking away, he mentions that he was looking over the yearbooks the other day. And she was quite the athlete. And he just, like, comments. He's like, you must be much stronger than you look. And then he drives away.
1: (laughs) Four years later, he's like,
0: hmm. Mm -hmm. I just had a thought. Cheryl meets her dad, who tells her that he loves her. Um, Kevin finds one of Cheryl's cow earrings in his field, so he teams up with Tracy's front desk friend to catch Cheryl. He calls her and asks her to meet him, and she agrees, The sheriff is busy trying to arrest Kevin for the murder. Um, Kevin is getting ready to go meet Cheryl, and he's flashing back through all the memories of he and Tracy, he and Cheryl, his friend Larry, everybody. He goes to her house and says someone's trying to frame him for murder. And she says, maybe, just maybe, she has a weird thought, they could be each other's alibi.
1: Man, this is some good and awful writing.
0: <laughs> the sheriff is talking to the front desk friend about how they're going to, they're like on their way to arrest Kevin. And she's like, dude, you're so wrong. Like you could not be more wrong if you tried. <laughs> and the sheriff says, thanks, but he thinks he knows what he's doing by now. Okay. Like, <laughs> like I'm pretty good at my job. All right. Um, back at Cheryl's, she's gone from saying they could be to each other's alibis to, well... If they were married, they couldn't testify against each other. Oh,
1: my God. What what case did we cover that they also convinced the husband of this? Um, I killed my BFF.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin rubs her face and asks if she, like, he's like, what would you do for me, Cheryl? And, he's like, and she's like, I'd do anything for you. And he's like, would you, like, he tightens his grip on her and he's like, would you kill for me? And he confronts her with the earring he found and asks if he, if she killed Beth and Larry and she scoffs and asks if that's what he thinks about her. Some kind of serial killer that walks. She's she's like, you think I walk around town with a gun in one hand and a bottle of poison in the other.
1: That's usually not how serial killers work. A and B you've got to kill three people for it to be a serial killer. So I know you this, know, yeah. very little cow queen
0: princess <laughs> <laughs> sure jaden she asked him to leave but as he's going he sees that she's wearing a chain with a ring on it and he grabs it and it's his grandmother's ring she goes back to her whole i worked for you i deserve you and so she didn't mean for things to go that far and that she was just trying to scare tracy and that can you believe that tracy told her that she was pregnant who would lie about something like that um kevin starts yelling about how he could never love her and so she picks up a knife and tries to attack him he he like fends her off throws the knife down and walks out of the trailer as the police are pulling in um she starts yelling that she's sorry and to not leave her and she she killed for him like please come back and, like, he just walks over to the police car, and that's where it ends. What? Yeah. Okay. And the ending text says, quote, Cheryl was convicted and sentenced to life in prison for the first degree intentional homicide of Beth, a.k.a. Tracy. On appeal, the verdict was upheld. The end. That was a wild It ride ended so abruptly. Way. I was like, what? <laughs> that,
1: like, like, I'm still reeling from the ending, and I didn't even watch this thing.
0: It was crazy because I was like, this has got to wrap up soon. It, there's like three minutes left. And it
1: it wrapped so up. hmm. OK. hmm. You know, I'm really passionate about true crime, right?
0: Yes, I do know that.
1: I'm good, because we kind of have this thing together.
0: Yeah. I have this like little like podcast that we do sometimes.
1: It gets real dark sometimes and I need a break.
0: I get I completely understand that and that's why I watch the movies and you research the case
1: right uh well my break lately has been this new app I downloaded called best fiends excellent tell me about it so it's a puzzle game that you can Mm -hmm. play right now on your phone Um, right now right now right now right now and it's free to download totally free to download totally free to download Um, And so I kind of like puzzle games And this is definitely a puzzle game Um, But it's like a casual game Like you can drop in and drop out Really quickly, it's not something you have to just be Tied to your phone all the time for Sure,
0: what Um, level are you on? Oh god, I'm in like a level 150 So can I tell you a secret? Yes I also play this game Uh, But I'm only on level 32 (laughs) And the other day like I was in a waiting room Waiting for the doctor to see me and having this game to play just makes the time go by faster. And actually, when the girl came to get me from the waiting room, I was like, uh, excuse me, like I'm in the middle of something right now. Can you just wait a second? Now you can wait. <laughs> uh, so you don't need an internet connection to play either. So if you're in a bad like um, spot where you don't have a connection or you're on an airplane or something, you can still play the game. Um, it's visually stimulating with its bright colors and cute characters. You know I love a cute character. Um, and they update the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. Like right now, I'm chasing down and catching pumpkin pies. Um, It's a great game to engage your brain with fun puzzles. And did I mention you get to collect all the cute characters?
1: How many do you have?
0: Seven. Okay, you're doing well. (laughs) Best Fiends is a five-star rated mobile puzzle game on the Apple App Store and Google Play, and you can download it for free. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends.
1: Bye. Bye. This episode of Lifetime Sentence has been sponsored by Best Fiends. Well, great. All right. You ready to hear about the real case?
0: Yes. And I texted you earlier because I have to know, was she stripped of her dairy princess title?
1: I don't know that answer. Mostly because um, she went to trial a year almost to the day of the day that she won the pageant. So I imagine that it was the new lady's turn anyway.
0: Well, but even her being in jail, that would be enough to strip her of her title.
1: Since I have six pa almost six pages of notes. That was not one of the things I researched by the end of this, but you Rude. know, considering, um, Oh, who's that? Um, Vanessa Williams lost Mm -hmm. her Miss America title because somebody had nude nude pictures of her. It's because she posed in Playboy. Well, so she didn't pose in Playboy. She posed for a photographer and he sold them to Playboy later. Hmm. Which is slightly different. Um, Anyway, all that to say, I didn't do my research on that because everything else is wild. So, straight up at the top, my (laughs) sources were... um, there was a My Favorite Murder, actually, on October 3rd of this year um, that oh, covered this case.
0: I'm pretty sure the Wine and Crime Gals have covered this case, too.
1: Okay. Um, and then there's a book called Killer Women, Devastating True Stories of Female Murderers by Winsley mm-hmm. Clark. Um, I found an article in Glamour Magazine by Jenny Sykes called Deadly Rivals. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, the headline that I sent you Dairytown's Town's golden girl charged in slaying a rival by by Rogers Worthington from the Chicago Tribune Tribune uh, Tribune. (laughs) Um, Additionally, how fancy do you have to be for your name to be two last names? Rogers Worthington.
0: Mm -hmm. He just needs like a third in there. Right.
1: Um, So I'm going to start with this quote that I took from that Chicago Tribune article.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: quote it seemed a natural wholesome match Lori Esker Marathon County's reigning dairy princess and Bill Buss a young farmer whose cows have won top state honors for milk productivity but it was a match that was not to be Esker is charged with first degree murder the young woman who replaced her in Buss's affections is dead and this dairy town and surrounding rural communities are stunned <laughs> um that just scandalous. Like I wish that I had the unsolved mystery guy's voice
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that would have been a wonderful setup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So on September 20th, 1989, no one's talking to you. Hush. My Alexa decided that I need to talk to her. Don't say her name. <laughs> well, I put on the microphone now. <laughs> I mean, like I turned off the microphone anyway. So on September 20th, 1989, 21-year-old Lisa Sahaski went to work at Howard Johnson, at a Howard Johnson near Wausau, Wisconsin. Aren't you so excited we're in Wisconsin? Where where it was Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where she weird, wa- Wisconsin. Where she was the assistant sales and catering manager mm-hmm after okay. after her shift she called her boyfriend bill buss who lived 35 miles from where she worked to tell him that she was having trouble with her new car and she'd be running late mm-hmm. okay. that that morning she and bill had just set the date for their wedding and she was excited to see him
0: oh and... were they gonna do it <laughs> Lisa
1: and had fallen in love with Bill the f- the first time she'd seen him when she was in the eighth grade and he was a senior in high school.
0: Shut up! That's adorable.
1: Um, so what the Glamour magazine article had a lot of interview with her best friend and like people mm-hmm. who knew her really closely. And because this was a small town, they pro- they had like a a record of her entire life because that's how small towns work. Yeah, um, And so a lot of this was you know, like best friend reflecting and other things. And so that Mm -hmm. became a really, um, humanizing article, you know, like I always feel for the victim, but the fact that this one had people who were so close to her that spoke on her behalf, like it just made it very real to me. So. Okay. (coughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you. So in his own right, Bill was hardworking. He was a well-loved guy. He was the youngest child in his family. He started his mornings at 7 a.m. and began his chores the moment he got out of bed. He milk- Seven
0: days late for a farmer.
1: Well, he stayed up till uh, two in the morning. Oh, okay. He, um, so he only got five hours of sleep, but he, um, he milked his herd three times a day. Um, the last time was at midnight each night. So the standard for uh, dairy cows or dairy cattle is you milk, Twice daily, but he added this third midnight milking in hopes to stick back extra money because he wanted to buy back his grandfather's 440 acre farm that his grandfather had bought 90 years earlier. So, um, unfortunately though, Lisa never arrived to see him that night. The next morning, her mother, Shirley, realized that Lisa had never made it home, but she didn't panic Um, According to her To Lisa's best friend Kelly Instead Mm -hmm. she told Kelly And Lisa's younger sister Tammy That Lisa had probably just spent the night At a friend's house Kelly and Tammy shrugged it off And rode to college together To a town 33 miles away Because they lived like In the middle of nowhere And they all Mm -hmm. commuted everywhere Like Lisa lived in um, Burnhamwood Was the city where they Or the town where they lived But she Mm -hmm. drove 35 miles To work at the Howard Johnson Because it's the place Where she could find work Oh. so they rode to class together um and half an hour into class kelly the best friend was called out of her like 8 a.m class to answer a phone call from lisa's mom shirley asked kelly to go find tammy and come home when kelly asked what was wrong shirley told her just come to our house there's been an accident we'll explain when you get here oh. when kelly arrived at shirley's house she found it was no accident however Lisa had been found strangled in her car in the parking lot of the Howard Jerns- Johnson where she worked. Howard Jernson. The Howard Jernson. <laughs> <laughs> the police quickly released a profile of the suspect from their intensive investigations. It became. Was clue- it just
0: her boyfriend did it? <laughs>
1: ah, no, this is even better. Are you ready? Oh God. They yeah. released the profile of the person they were looking for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're looking for either a male or female suspect. That's their actual statement. Okay. <laughs> um, so this murder turned the town upside down. Like I mentioned, Lisa grew up in a small town where nothing bad ever happened. Everybody who was born in Burnham Wood stayed there. They started elementary school there. They graduated high, graduated high school there. They got married. They settled down. They restarted the cycle with their own children. People got married young and just expected their lives to be this way always. So Lisa's mm-hmm. murder shook them to the cores. Um, after some further investigations, the cops finally narrowed it down to a suspect who was both human and breathing. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Um, so, um, initially, of course, uh, Lisa Sahaski's boyfriend, the dairy farmer I mentioned earlier, um, mm-hmm. He's got a name, Bill. Thank you, Bill bus. The names in here sound made up because his best friend's name is also like an AA name. So they're like Mm -hmm. AA and BB and
0: probably why they're best friends.
1: (laughs) So, um, anyway, um, he was
0: my, my best friends are all named Aaron and nobody knows what it's like to grow up with that name. us.
1: That's fair. Um, Sarah's best friend is named Sarah. Mm -hmm. Um, so after interviewing the boyfriend, uh, a new suspect arose You see, Lisa and Bill had dated for three years while she finished high school. Mm -hmm. After she finished high school, she decided not to pursue college, at least not immediately, and instead took a six-month certification class in travel planning Mm -hmm. at a local technical school. Mm -hmm. After she graduated, there were no job opportunities for her in her small town, so she broke up with Bill and began commuting to this Howard Johnson in Wausau. Um uh, which was the literal only legitimate town within reasonable driving distance. So Uh-oh. it's not like Wasat was the place they wanted to be, it was just the the place. <laughs> it was
0: just the place. That's Wisconsin for you.
1: Bill bounced back quickly. A few months after his breakup with Lisa, Bill attended a banquet for his school's FFA chapter because he was a former president and he had like a place of honor. Of So for those of you who are unfamiliar with FFA, because I feel like everyone just knows what it is, but I grew up in a small Mm -hmm. agricultural town. Um, Mm -hmm. It is the Future Farmers of America. And Mm -hmm. I used to have all of their speeches memorized because we were an FFA family. Excellent. Um, I didn't do FFA, but my brothers did. I did 4-H instead, Um, which isn't better. It's the same thing, just with different colors. It is the same thing. Anyway, at this banquet he met the then president of the chapter, Lori Esker. And Lori was described as a beauty with blonde hair and big brown eyes. And most importantly to bill, she was the daughter of a successful dairy farmer in a nearby town. So she understood his lifestyle in a way that Lisa never had. Okay. After her senior year ended, Lori moved to, um, river falls, which is 175 miles away to attend college. she and bill talked daily on the phone she wrote him letters she drove in on the weekends she was devoted to bill bus um
0: he was very devoted to bill
1: (laughs) laurie esker had settled on studying agriculture and communications at the university of wisconsin at river falls she was obsessed with farming those who knew her said she had no other hobbies. Like that, Bill, farming and Bill were the only two things that she did. That's.
0: Yeah, she's very one dimensional in this the, movie as well.
1: The summer after her first year of college, Bill offered her a summer internship working on his farm, which. odd, but. Duh. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Lori's mother. Okay. Lori's mother did not like this arrangement at all. She said Bill was too old for her daughter because, I mean, he was 25 when she was 17. And so this is the end of her freshman year. So she's Um, 19-ish. So Lori did the thing that all logical 19-year-olds are known for doing. Packed her
0: shit up and moved. Yeah, she made a a wise decision. Right. Good good choices.
1: She uh, moved and got a trailer about a mile away from his farm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in June of 1989, um, Lori was named—you guessed it—the Marathon County Dairy Princess.
0: <laughs> Look, <it's> fantastic! Did <laughs> she get a pink car? Oh, Please she me had a she pink had car. a pink car.
1: Um yes. it was a, a little Sundance.
0: Was um, the inside cow?
1: Not to my knowledge.
0: Did it have Dairy Princess and her name written on the side? Yes. <laughs> amazing um, it's amazing I love it oh
1: so she was named this dairy princess and she was at the peak of her small town life yeah,
0: she was. And <laughs> as somebody
1: who grew up in a small town I feel obligated to talk as much shit about small towns as I want because I mean just about everybody I knew grew up growing up peaked at 20 years old in their second year at community college then they got married to their high school sweetheart they worked in the oil fields and like their parents before them and they get drunk and write posts in our class of 06 Facebook group <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly working I'm through something at you, right now. Bill. But... <laughs> no, before our uh, ten-year reunion a couple years ago, uh, one of my classmates posted in there like, "I didn't fucking like any of y'all. I'm not coming." <laughs> and so so it blew up like no one liked you anyway who invited you to this group like it got real nasty and then one of my friends just settled it he was like it's probably the the what did he call it the um morning beer talking because it was like 11 o'clock he said it's probably the morning beer talking but like if this is just some pissing contest because you want to hook up with the people who pissed you off in high school like just go fuck them and shut up don't ruin our lives with it (laughs) it's amazing so, anyway, a year and a half into their relationship, it would appear that they were not the match made in heaven that Lori had originally thought bill began yeah. Bill began to comment on his unhappiness with their relationship, and Lori promised that they would work it out, so Bill kept agreeing that he would try. But things were falling apart and everybody could see it except for Lori. Like, all their friends were like, y'all are miserable. You need to, like, figure something out. And she was like, I don't know what you mean. We're perfect. Like, everything is wonderful. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, um, six months later, Bill told Lori that it was over. He loaded her up in his pickup truck, drove her down to her trailer, and left her there alone. And Sorry? I-
0: Say that again. You, like, completely froze and cut
1: out. Oh, sorry. Um, so six months later, Bill told Lori that it was over. He uh-huh. loaded her up in his pickup truck, drove her down to her trailer, and left her there alone. And then, like, she stood outside crying. I love
0: that, you know, when you said that, I just pictured he, him, like, loading her up like, like a piece of furniture. Like, throwing her like- in the back. <laughs> So, driving her to a trailer and like leaving her outside and like driving.
1: <laughs> so she stood outside crying really dramatically for a while and then, like, she was in a teen movie, she decided to chase after him. So Girl, she. Girl,
0: he's been driving <laughs> while you've been crying.
1: So she got in her pink car and Aww. she hits the road and she pulls up to his house and she sees someone coming out of his barn. And it is not Bill, but Lisa sahaski and her best friend. Lisa had stopped by to visit Bill. So within moments, Lisa and her best friend Kelly were standing face to face with her car, the pink, the banner on the side, still proclaiming dairy princess. Mm -hmm. And um, according to Kelly, Lori rolled out of that car and said, you know, you really are a bitch. (laughs) So, um, okay. After their altercation, Lori called Bill's best friend, Alan Andrus and started crying
0: <laughs> and,
1: and said I could just kill her.
0: But like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't
1: do that. Um Lisa and Bill had stayed on good terms since their breakup. Her mother still cut Bill's hair. Lori and Bill had even attended a party at the Sahaski home. Um during that fall, Lisa had started dropping by just to keep him company, like at the midnight milkings and to chat and it was all really innocent from everyone's reports. Like he had a girlfriend. So she was just being like, they were just friends and she thought it was kind of a safe thing to do, you know? Right. Um, it wasn't like she was trying to break this relationship up.
0: It is possible for people to be friends.
1: Right. Um, Lori didn't take the breakup. Well, she begged Bill's farmhand to threaten to quit unless he took Lori back. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then she confronted Bill, asking if Lisa had gotten pregnant. She broke down in front of her friends regularly over the heartbreak of losing Bill. She was inconsolable whenever she found out that Bill and Lisa had started dating again and declared her hatred for Lisa. Her friends would later offer that she had never been bitter towards Bill, but she despised Lisa. Like, she basically blamed Lisa for like, um, what's the word I want to use? healing um, like mind control what i can't think of the word here brainwashing there we go a brainwashing sure. bill to hate laurie and take him back so
0: okay um that's so a, that's a thing i
1: guess um so one of Lori's friends reported that laurie had said several times quote she left him before she doesn't love the farm the way i do she'll divorce him and take half And then she stopped referring to Lisa by name and just called her that bitch. Okay. Later that summer, Bill and Lisa announced their engagement. A few weeks later, Lori came running into her living room where her roommates were and shouted, Oh my God, she's been killed. Someone strangled Bill's girlfriend. Okay. That weekend, Lori went home. The entire town was abuzz with the news of Lisa's murder somebody jokingly said that it was Lori who'd done it, but he was like, just joking. Like, you know, she always says she's going to kill Lisa, you know, but for whatever reason, the cops were like, Hmm, you know, she's either male or female and she's breathing. (laughs) We cracked the case boys.
0: If the shoe fits. (laughs) Um, Time for happy
1: hour. (laughs) So, um, Jesus they took her into questioning later that day after her questioning her friend said she broke out on a rash but they reported that she did they didn't notice her acting any differently at all she was shaken over the murder she said but she didn't seem like she was living with a guilty conscience or anything but a few days later a police detective showed up at her apartment in river falls to question her further Lori took this opportunity to conveniently remember, you know, I had been in Lisa's car once, um, just totally casual. Um, I went in to see if I could find the registration papers on the car to see if Bill had bought the car for Lisa. Um, So, I mean, like, you'll probably find my fingerprints in there, but it's totally just because I was um, looking for those papers and not because I murdered her. Because I didn't Mm -hmm. murder her. I just was looking for papers. For sure. Right. For sure. So the police asked her to come in for fingerprinting and she like, she acted like this was the world's greatest inconvenience. Like how dare you disrupt my day with this? I mean,
0: it's super rude (laughs) for sure.
1: In addition to the fingerprinting, she was taken in for a mugshot and a polygraph (gasps) and her mugshot is like headshot quality. It's like Jodi Ares's on steroids. Like, um, she, she, um, then he sure
0: to get my good side.
1: The polygraph, however, was not quite so beautiful. Mm. Lori, I don't know how this happened, but she failed the polygraph.
0: Uh, I don't know, but I watched that oxygen thing on Chris Watts this weekend. Uh-huh. And he's like, he takes a polygraph and she comes back. It's like the lady like voiceover, she's like, yeah, he failed every single question. <laughs> And so she comes back in and she's like, so you failed. And he's like, well, it might be because I'm lying because I am having an affair. And she was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> sure, Jan. It's for sure because you killed your wife and kids. That's why.
1: <laughs> so I meant to watch that. I'm going to have to find it.
0: It was it was really interesting. I think I have oxygen. It was really, so it was really sad. Too. I
1: can just look through the DVR. Um, So after she failed the polygraph, the examiner just took some time to talk to her. And he said that he was a Catholic too, just like her. And he believed that sometimes good people caused accidents. So Lori broke down crying and said, you said it was an accident and it really was an accident. And then she talked for an hour before the examiner called in Sergeant Randall Hainich, who read her rights, read her, her rights and allowed her to call someone. When her mother didn't answer the phone, she signed away her rights to a lawyer and just started talking.
0: Oh, my God. And, don't do that. <laughs> and like
1: They could not write fast enough for her. Mm-hmm. So, like there's
0: like a smoke trail coming off the paper.
1: <laughs> so according to her statement, on September 20th, Lori was driving to Bill's farm just to check in with him.
0: Sure. When she pa- like you do. Right. I mean, I check in on all my ex-boyfriends. Right, you to drive almost
1: them. 200 miles to see them, right?
0: absolutely that's Um, yeah totally that's so normal so then she passed the howard literally i would pay actual money to never run (laughs) into an ex-boyfriend ever again right
1: right so um that she was going to pass the howard johnson where lisa works so she decided decided to stop on a whim and talk to her just wanted to say hi lisa can we talk she'd asked Sure, but I got to get home pretty quick. Have you seen my new car? We can talk in there. Lisa had responded according to the statement.
0: Oh, poor baby.
1: Oh. And inside, Lori asked why Lisa's family was mean to her. So Lisa <laughs> countered with, why did you tell everyone that I was pregnant? Because I'm not. And, right. And um, then she asked Lori why she'd continued to visit Bill's farm. Um, And this is all, of course, according to Lori's testimony. Right, right, right. Lori and Lisa talked for a while before Lisa said, you're not going to get involved again. Then Lori told Lisa, I went off the pill and things happened that shouldn't have. Then she like led Lisa to believe that she'd gotten pregnant with Bill's baby. According to to Lori's statement, that was when Lisa grabbed Lori by the throat. It was scary. I thought she was going to kill me or really hurt me, Lori said. Then she said that she pushed Lisa down in her seat. She said that Lisa struggled and called her names. She noticed a leather belt in the back seat and grabbed it. You know, instead of like, Lori's like, I mean, Lisa's like struggling on the floorboard of the car. That's when you open the door and run, but.
0: No, no, no. That's definitely when you grab the belt from the back seat and strangle the person you're fighting with.
1: I always get that wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just get it mixed up in your head. Right. It's like righty tidy, lefty loose. Oh right,
1: duh. Okay. <laughs> so um, she said, "I put it around her neck." She started grabbing for me. She grabbed at my hair. She grabbed at my neck. I pushed on her. I don't know. If it was oh, the...
0: yeah, bitch. She was trying to breathe.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was the belt or my elbow. I was so scared. Then she said, "By the time she let go, her elbow."
0: <laughs> you,
1: you've never strangled somebody accidentally with your elbow. While you were holding a belt around their neck? (laughs) Look, she's the dairy princess. I didn't say she's an
0: attorney. I meant to strangle her with this belt, but I accidentally (laughs) strangled her with my elbow. She...
1: Oh my god <laughs> She said by the time she let her go, uh Lisa wasn't moving, so she dumped out Lisa's purse to find a mirror and like hold it under her nose to check for breathing. <laughs> and then she said and this is her quote oh my god i killed her i remember thinking i don't know what i'm going to do i didn't mean to hurt her i know lisa knows that i don't know if her family will they're going to think i did it on purpose sure that's the first thought someone has after they accidentally kill someone with their
0: belt or an elbow no she meant to kill her with a belt but it's clearly an accident because she killed her with her elbow Get the story straight, Paul. Good. So then she took the ring off
1: Lisa's hand and pocketed it and left. I mean, that's the only thing she could have done at that point. <laughs> so instead of going to check in on Bill, she drove the three and a
0: half hours back home. And the You're next- acting like she had a choice in any of this matter. Like... What was she supposed to do? Right, right. So the next morning, she
1: did the only next thing that you can possibly do, threw that belt into an incinerator and the ring into the trash.
0: I mean, that's a nice (laughs) ring. You could probably do something else with it.
1: Um, So almost a year to the day after Lori was crowned Dairy Princess, she stood trial for murder. Instead of her beauty queen appearance that everyone had grown to expect from Lori, she showed up dressed in a drab cardigan and skirt, attempted to look younger and timid.
0: Ah, so like Jody Arias, who showed up in, uh-huh. with, you know, mousy brown hair and big old glasses. Yep. All of this was
1: a guise, of course, set up by her lawyer, Stephen Glenn. And man, was he... Like, I could write an entire report on just Stephen Glenn.
0: I'm so excited. So
1: during the trial, he first petitioned Bill Buss from testifying for fear that he would incriminate Lori or sway the jury's opinions against her. Like...
0: That's how witness testimony works. That is literally what testifying (laughs)
1: is. (laughs) So he said he didn't want them to think of her um, negatively because in one of his, in one of Bill's depositions, he said like pretrial depositions. He said that um, Lori had told him every time I drive past and you're on that tractor, I get wet. And he was like, I don't want the jury. (laughs) I don't want the jury to have a bad image of her. And it's like, dude, she's on trial for murder. Like, I don't know what kind of image you think.
0: That'll do it. Uh, Just, I mean, just real quick, where did he go to law school? I don't know. Because he, like, he brings to life the definition of what? Like, it's hard? Right, exactly. (laughs) So
1: then, um, of course, the petition was not granted. So then later on in the trial, for instance, he questioned the forensic pathologist, Robert Huntington III, about Lisa's injuries.
0: See, he had enough clout to have a third. (laughs)
1: Right. I told you that I meant to tell you there was a third in this case, if I didn't say it out loud earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So um, (laughs) Robert Huntington III had assessed Lisa's injuries and stated that she had signs of impact on her lung and intestine that looked as brutal as a severe car accident would. Um, and it was the elbow right he said it was either her hip or her knee actually as she clamored to get the belt from the back seat but earlier in the in the questioning um, they questioned the sheriff and the funeral director who'd both said earlier in the trial that a person strangled could pass out within 30 seconds so huntington said that it took lisa a minimum of two to six minutes to die So Mm -hmm. it's not like Lori just accidentally strangled her with her neck belt combo. A person
0: can pass out within 30 seconds, but then like your body is wired to Uh breathe on its own. So if you reestablish an airway, you start, you automatically start breathing again.
1: So Glenn questioned Huntington's like knowledge because the sheriff and the funeral director who clearly have all that training in forensics and medicine um, said 30 seconds.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like everyone knows how <laughs> breathing works, D- nope. right?
1: No, nope. because <laughs> Glenn asked him over and over if what he said was accurate. Finally, Huntington got pissed and said, well, we could line up about 50 lawyers and strangle them and figure something out.
0: have <laughs> <laughs> no
1: time for your shit. I, I want it. to be... What was his name? Uh, Huntington. Where does his name disappear to? Robert Robert Huntington III. I want to be him when I grow up.
0: Just speaking of Lili Blonde one more time. Wasn't Warner's name Warner Huntington Huntington III? Uh (coughs)
1: Uh-huh. That's so funny. So, um, anyway, so the defense attorney's whole case was to prove that it was not premeditated because she'd already, like, um confess to killing her. So mm. the whole thing was try to get not first degree murder basically is what this trial turned out. Right, to be. Right, okay. So the prosecutor wound up calling a total of 48 witnesses and built a strong case for premeditation. Lori had rented a car in the middle of the week before Lisa died, even though she was known to borrow her friend's vehicles. Mm-hmm. Two nights in a row, like the two nights in a row before the murder, she called Scott, um, Do you remember Kelly Lisa's best friend? So Scott is Kelly's brother. Okay. So she called Scott. This
0: is a small town bullshit Uh too. Like she called Kelly's brother and he said Yeah, so she called
1: him just to let him know that she was gonna be in the library all night and would have to be there the next night too.
0: Okay, okay, Lori. Thanks for calling. Have a nice night. Bye. Exactly. Like, shh, okay. I'm
1: so proud of you. Like, you finally learned yeah. to read. Like,
0: <laughs> so,
1: um, then after killing Lisa, she called him and left the same message. Like, oh, it's just been such a long night. I was in the library all night.
0: <laughs> Dear police. <laughs> I was in the library all night. XOXO, Lori. <laughs> so, um,
1: Lori claimed that afterwards she was covered in bruises from like um, Lisa attacking her first. But sure. so the the prosecutor just called her roommates in for questioning. And was like, hey, do you remember her being covered in bruises or scratches at any point? And they were like, no. In fact, we remember the next day because she wore a sleeveless tank, cop- tank top and cut off shorts. And there was not a single bruise or scratch visible on her body. Like, So <laughs> the judge and attorneys left the jury with multiple options. They could convict Lori of first degree murder with like mm-hmm. with the intent to murder. Um. Or they could find her guilty of... Murder
0: with the intent of murder. Well,
1: so I think the official statement was... First degree murder intent... First degree intentional homicide. There it is. But I couldn't remember, like, exactly how they worded it. Um, Uh,
0: But I really like murder with intent to murder. Right,
1: exactly. Um, Very to the point. So, um, or they could find her guilty of, like, being provoked into self-defense, which would carry a lesser charge. Even something Mm -hmm. as low as second degree reckless homicide, which only carried a maximum 10-year sentence. So, the jury was in that room forever. They didn't come out until like 1145 that night. It was almost midnight when they finally came out with their um, verdict. And Mm -hmm. she had found guilt. She'd been found guilty of first degree intentional homicide. Okay. Lori gave a public apology that the judge just like flat out called superficial in front of her. Like that didn't count. (laughs) and then um sentenced her to a lifetime sentence with the possibility of parole after a minimum of 13 years and four months okay he told the Sahaskis that if it would bring lisa back quote i wouldn't hesitate to put Lori in prison forever with no possibility of release
0: okay
1: so 30 years later in july of this year 2019 Lori esker was released from prison Okay. And wow. That is the end of the story of the murder of Lisa Sahaski.
0: Wow. That is wild. Yep. That is That's a crazy one.
1: It was a it was a really good one to get my writing chops back into like
0: That's good. To piece together so this narrative. <clears throat> yeah. So Did you watch anything interesting this week that should be a Lifetime movie?
1: Um, I did not.
0: Neither did I. Did you watch a a Hallmark Christmas movie? I have not watched a Christmas movie either. What? I know. So here's the deal. So the third Christmas Prince came out. And I'm waiting for my BFF to be available so that we can watch it together. And he has not been available so we can watch it together. So having to wait fair enough very upset about it but i did listen to lifetime and cork's review of um a christmas movie christmas that was on up tv and i'm gonna check that one out too it looks really it sounds really like it was really good oh good yeah
1: um i love so, lifetime yeah. on cork i wish i made more time to listen to him
0: they're it, to they're them they're either. really funny um, they're, really <clears throat> they're doing an episode every day this month because drew's getting married oh yeah Mm -mm. in the bahamas i'm jealous Ah, same Same. not enough to like get married but (laughs) i just want to be in the bahamas like yeah i don't don't... yeah i don't want to get married i just want to be in the bahamas
1: (laughs) um let's do a live show in the bahamas patreons let's let's get some something going
0: (laughs) let's do that for sure
1: um Speaking of Patreon, we will get off here shortly and go talk about a crazy unsolved case that I've known about for a long time that there was more information that came out last month.
0: You know a crazy unsolved case and you haven't even told me about it
1: yet? I, well, I'm about to.
0: Rude. It's my Christmas
1: present to you. December the 8th, I am giving you the gift of telling you this case.
0: Can I have the receipt?
1: <laughs> no giftsies, backsies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So why don't we, what are we going to watch next week? Um, Isn't there like one called She Made Me Do It or something? She Made Them Do It. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You just saving Amanda Knox for last?
1: Yes. (laughs) That's my Christmas gift to myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm on board. Yeah. We'll watch She Made Them Do It. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I also figure, especially since this week was so good, that even if she made them do it is awful, we've got Amanda Knox like around the corner as a gift to ourselves because this one was so good.
0: This one was really good. I'm very, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll finally start keeping track of my top five.
1: I think I'm going to give my top five. Let's. For our Christmas present to everybody, we will list our top five cases we've covered this year. Because we're almost at the end of our very first year.
0: I know. That's so wild. Oh, my gosh.
1: Which means I'm going to go back and look at all of our episodes. Because I don't remember half of the episodes we've covered.
0: Me neither. I know, like, the highlights. Like, I know our first ones. And, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember, okay. like, good episode titles. Like, yeah. The a gentleman and a murderer and the scrapbook of shame.
0: <laughs> it's an officer and a murderer. An officer
1: and a murderer. I always tried to say an officer and a gentleman. And yeah. so I was like, Paul, don't get it wrong this time. So I fucked up a, a different way.
0: Yeah, it's fine. It's um,
1: fine. All right. Well, do you want to tell the folks where they can find us?
0: Yeah. Go find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence. On Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Um, show notes, our blog, things are on lifetime You can email us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com. And please go rate, review and subscribe. We're trying to get, I, I'd like to have 52 ratings by 52 weeks. I would love that. Yeah, right now we were twenty three, so you guys gotta go do it. Yeah, that's not that many. No.
1: Um Yeah, and we're then
0: we're still trying to counteract that.
1: One. <laughs> that one star. Um, and I'm then really upset about it. As we, as I mentioned earlier, um, our Patreon, we're coming unsolved mysteries. You can find us at patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Yes. And uh, yeah, just thanks for hanging out with us. Uh
0: huh.
1: Um, don't forget to eat your vegetables.
0: Charge your phone. Bye. Bye.
1: This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.